meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Can we put our hands together and bless the Lord? Amen. like it's a little further in this place, huh? <laughs> Amen. While you're turning to 1 Samuel, we're going to jump right into it. Is that okay? I do honor the Lord. 1 Samuel 17 chapter, verses 48 and 49. Honor the pastor and the first lady in their absence, and to all of you, Pop Henderson and all the elders and missionaries and everyone here today, I thank God for each of you. Thank God for my darling wife and my my children here, Nicole and CJ, amen. So, so excited to share the word of God. I believe that God has something for us today. And if you sit tight, I don't think you'll be disappointed. Is that okay? Uh, we're going to read through God's word and really, really glean what God has for us. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, and this is a very familiar passage of scripture. 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verses 48 and 49. 48 says, And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David, that David hastened and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slung it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sank or sunk into his forehead and he fell upon the face of the earth. Now this is a very familiar passage of scripture. Everyone is, uh, we are very familiar with David and uh, 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 how he had an amazing victory uh, over Goliath. And we love that underdog and uh, and it's, it's a really, really, the end result is really significant because of what happened at the very beginning. We often, we often think of David and how he slang the uh, uh, slingshot, but rarely do we think about the work that was put in. You know, we're in a society now where we often, we want to skip the grind. We want to skip the hustle and go straight to the slingshot, period. But there was some work, there were some, some things that were done prior to the battle. And I believe that in our Christian walk, the battle really represents the work or the testing that God has allowed us to go through. And quite often, if you, if you fail at the battle, Quite often, it's not the battle where you lost. Most of the time, it's the prep. I say quite often, it's not the battle where you lose. It's the prep. So let's go to, let's, so, so, so let's look at this. Let's go to uh, 1 Samuel. That's the, the next chapter over the 16th, uh, 16th chapter, verse number 7. So we often want to skip in our society. We have this microwave. I was thinking of how a, uh, if you think of a movie or an actor, you know, the stunt double does all the work, does all the bump bruises, take all the risk, and just when the story gets good, the director said, cut, and the actor steps in. 
In our society, we want to skip too often all the bumps, all the brewing, because, see, that's the, that's the growing part. That's, that's where you build your strength. Your, your strength is, not, is, is only magnified in the battle. So let's think of all that, that took place prior to getting to Goliath. So today's topic is going to be preparing for your Goliath. And we're going to look at this whole story from a different angle today. We're not going to necessarily look at the heroism of David per se, but we're going to look at the prep because we all have our Goliaths. <laughs> we all have our Goliaths. And I believe that God is showing us some things to improve or to grow in him and his word. So let's, let's, so let's look at this. The 16th chapter, verse 7, and this is, this is a beautiful passage of scripture, but it starts out, <clears throat> and it talks about the last judge. It was Samuel who was visiting Jesse because the, the people of Israel, they appointed the king, but now God wanted to anoint a king. So he visited Jesse, and he was summoned to Jesse's home, and Jesse was the father of David and other brothers. And verse 16, excuse me, verse 7, chapter 16 says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his outward countenance, or on his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord looketh on the outward, excuse me, <clears throat> for man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the heart. So, so, so if nothing else, we can see that God is looking at what's on the inside, our character, our integrity. Verse 8, he says he called and he summoned in verse 8 and 9, and all the brothers walked past Samuel. And they were, they were auditioning, if you will, to see who would be the next king. And Samuel looked at all the brothers, of Je all Jesse's sons, and it came to a point where Samuel realized none of these were who God wanted. Verse 11 says, verse 10 says, and again Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And verse 11, and Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? And he said, there remaineth the youngest. Now that's something right there. It's like Jesse didn't even consider, he didn't even consider David. We have a society now that sometimes we, many of us won't be considered at the very beginning. Our society have so many stereotypes. Mind you, David's brothers was tall and uh, they said they were shoulders and head and shoulders and uh, uh, above many and I can imagine how they were walking in front of Samuel and God said none of these would do and you would think as a dad I, 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 I thought of myself as I was reading this I said wow to leave out one of your kids like like, like it wouldn't even be a, a, a consideration for this one short youngest ruddy boy to be considered and I think it's just like God's children. Quite often, we're not even considered whether it be at work, whether it be at whatever, but society don't see us, but God is ready to anoint us. 
and that would be enough to rock, rock your boat, but not David. So here's what I find interesting. When Samuel introduced him, he says, uh, 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 and he said, there remaineth the youngest, and behold, he keepeth the sheep. So while they were all parading around, David was working. They were probably doing push-ups, getting themselves ready to, 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 to parade in front of the, uh, trying to be the king and do all the things in the natural, but yet David was working. He didn't get worked up. David didn't focus on, he didn't even get mad at his father. You know, why didn't you consider me? Uh, he didn't even look at, uh, uh, I'm out here messing with these nasty sheep. He didn't think of all the things that many of us would have. And that's the enemy at his best to get us distracted. So, so we're going we're gonna to have a couple of lessons, lessons today. You guys know Brother Jeff. I want you to leave with something, right? So the first point I want to really think about is turning your why into what? See, quite often the enemy will get us so focused on why is me why I'm out here working with these nasty sheep? Why didn't you consider me? Why aren't my brothers working? We should have shifts. It's, it's, it's eight of us. We have enough to work. All these things versus wondering what? Lord, what are you showing me? There's a reason why you're allowing me to go through this. And if, if the enemy, if the enemy keep us from the what factor, because that's the growth. That's the growth. That's, that's where you really grow into God. You can whine and complain and you can protest and, and boycott. You can do all these things, but you're really not understanding, Lord, what are you showing me? Is anyone getting this? So while David was working, he wasn't focused. I mean, he wasn't phased about what was going on. He was doing his assignment. He was keying in on what he was supposed to do. And here's what happened. So the youngest went before and he said, come hither. So verse 12, it says, and he sent and brought him. Now he was ruddy and withal of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look. And the Lord says, arise, anoint him. So if nothing else, that let us know that in spite of who's seeing our good deeds in our heart, God see it. God see it. And it's so important that we key in on what the purpose of God does. So while David was working, while he was tending his sheep, God was ready to anoint him. So sometimes it's not even what we think we're doing. Many of us might think we're too good to deal with the sheep. But whether you're dealing with sheep or you're, you're mopping a floor, if God is ready to anoint you, you just keep on mopping. You just keep on doing what your assignment is because you can be appoint, anointed and yet not appointed. David was tending the sheep and God said, anoint him. And too often we're ready, we want to get to the corner office to build the character. But the character is built 
in your sheep days. It's manifested in the corner office, but it's built in your sheep tending days. Amen? Is anyone getting anything out of this? I thought of, uh, I was on a line crew in the, uh, in the phone company, and we carried our porta potty, and many of we all know what that is. And on my crew, I took care of the porta potty. And at first, people used to laugh, like, why is Jeff doing so much work? And I had everybody chipping in, and we were doing uh, all, all, you know, we were chipping in, buying things to make sure it was clean. Because if, it, if, it's, if I'm going to be around it, it got to be right. And the irony is, folks used to laugh. And then God started ascending me in the phone company, in my position. And the people who knew me never looked at my position per se. They said, I remember when he used to clean that. See, you got to keep mopping. You got to keep doing because we don't know what God is preparing us to do down the road. Don't get caught up in your nonsense. Don't get caught up in the things because this is the building phase. Amen. And this is where you put the work in. There's, there's, there's a military saying that says, sweat twice as much in training, bleed twice less in battle. Sweat more in training, bleed less in battle. So when we're going through our trials, think of David. Think of that sheep period of time where he's tending to the sheep and said, Lord, even if I don't feel anointed, I believe you have an anointing for me and there's a reason why I'm going through this and Lord, I'm going to lean on you to show me. Amen? Turning what to us. So let's, so let's move on. And in and, and chapter 17, this is where uh, David anointed and yet not appointed, tending to the people on the battlefield. And this is a very, very uh, uh, key passage of scripture. And something stood out to me. I guess something I read it and I had to read it again. And this is going to be lesson number two. I read through this chapter and I was just understanding, just asking God to open my eyes. And something stood out to me. Verse 26. Is anyone getting anything out of this? Verse 26, it says, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man who killeth this Philistine? Lesson number two, if, you jot, if you're taking notes, think of this. Risk assessment. Bottom line, David said, What do I get if I win? And I think that is so important because sometimes we get ourselves involved in some things, Elder Williams, that's really not even worth our time. You can get yourself so caught up on something on Facebook or social media or who did that, this, that, and the other. And, and, and let's be honest, as saints, we know how to qualify and justify everything in Jesus' name. Things is messy, it's getting gossipy, and, and really there's no gain, even if you're right, so what? I think it's Lily Tomlin, the, uh, the comedian, she said, the bad thing with the rat race, even if you win, you're still a rat. So David wanted to assess his risk. 
And I think this is so important that we learn to pick your battles. You don't have to be a part of every chaos and conflict. Be exclusive with your energy. Everyone shouldn't, everyone shouldn't have access to all your stuff. Some folks just give all their information. That's everything. Be exclusive. That's why I, tell, I used to tell my kids that be exclusive. Nick wanted to go to all the Kinseyas. I said, son, if you go to all of them, then you become too common. Be exclusive. Go to a couple. So if you're there, it's a big deal. When, when Brother Jeff get involved, I want somebody to say, oh, okay, it must, be, it must be important. Brother Jeff is involved in this. Don't put me on all your Facebook chains. I'm not going to pass it to 12 other people. I don't do all that, all that stuff. But if I'm getting myself involved, my time and my energy, it got to be important. There, there has to be something at the end that's, that's, that I deem value for me to put my energy in. Because I don't have a mediocre speed. I'm either like stopped or I'm full speed ahead. That's just my persona, evangelist. That's just how I am. So if I'm going to put all my energy into something, I got to wonder, what do I get if I beat this dude? What do I get? What's, what's the end prize? So David go on and he assessed the risk and he said, okay, let's, let's, I think we can do this. I think we can go there. Verse 33. I'm making good time. And Saul said to David, thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him for thou art yet but a youth. David didn't have any scars David had no bad, and here's the irony is when they introduced David later on, they introduced him as a, they, they introduced him as a mighty man of valor, and yet he hasn't fought anything, but yet as God anoints you, people will begin to see the God in you. You don't even have to say a word. You really don't have to say a word. You don't have to wear the big gold cross you don't have to have like a big Bible and stuff like that. God will begin to open people's eyes so when they engage with you, they would know beyond a shadow of doubt there's something special. They'll begin to speak it before you even, before you even manifest. So, so, so Saul is telling him, you're, you're young, uh, 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 you can't do this. And then David does something. Uh, as, as Saul began to question whether or not he can pull it off, David goes into lesson number three. David goes back into fact-finding. Verse 34, look at, what, look at David's response to Saul when Saul tried to talk him out of his destiny. See, you're going to have folks all throughout your life tell you why you can't do something. They're going to tell you why it won't work. They're going to tell you, well, you're not qualified for this. Maybe you didn't get your degree in this, or maybe you don't have a degree at all. So it's so good 
to have a history. And guess what David relied on? David went back to the work he put in. You see how you never escape the work, the preparation, the time that you're, you're gaining all your strength, your know-how, and your knowledge. David didn't go into anything. Well, I should have done this. He went back and he told Saul, thy servant kept his father's sheep. We sang a song that says, you can't make me doubt him. I know too much about him. David went and said, I kept my father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock, and I went after them and smote them. David is thinking about the work he put in. David is thinking about how God prepared him for such a time as this. What are we doing? What do we reflect on when we're dealing with our challenges? Do we have a history? Do we have a past? Do we have something that we can say, wow, God delivered me before and I know he can do it now. It's so important that we have this. And too often nowadays, many folks can't rely on the struggle because that's the part that they skipped. If you skip the struggle, if you skip the hustle, you, 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 you have no strength to deal with crisis. And you can't wait until you're in position to be the position. Your position as a manifestation should be of, of what you've gone through in your hard work. And typically when people excel without putting in the hustle, We've seen them at work. Them folks don't last long. Come on, before they even get their business cards, they already, they already working in Mexico or China somewhere. Company done moved them somewhere else. Why? Because even if you ascend, if you don't put the work in the prep, you don't stay there because you don't know how, you don't have that hustle. You don't have that grind. And, and this is not being spiritual deep. You know, Jay-Z hustled from Marcy Projects in Brooklyn. And I know where Marcy Projects was. And it's, it's not pretty because I was in Albany Projects. And the Jay-Z we see now is the Jay-Z that was prepping all those years. So we can't miss, we can't miss the prep work. That's, that's the important work. Amen? Now we get to verse 38. You guys are quiet. You getting anything out of this or you taking notes? We're trying to prepare for our Goliath. And Saul armed David. And David with his armor, and he put a helmet of brass upon his head, and he also, and he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded his sword upon his armor, and he assessed to go as, as and he essayed to go, for he had not proved it meaning David never used this stuff. Never proved it. And David said unto Saul, I can't go with this. Lesson four, use your own stuff. You don't have to, this is not even spiritual. 
This is why it's so important. If I'm, if, if I'm dealing with issues here, I, rear, I rarely consult many people. There might be one or two people because you can get so much influence from other people, you lose track on what you should do. And before you know it, you're fighting a battle with Saul's weapons. You going through your challenges, you wonder why this is not working. You're, you're using Saul's equipment. God has given each of us a gift. Some people have a gift of peace. Some people have a gift of song. David had a gift of music. But whatever it is, use your stuff. David could have been political and all those things. He just looked at Saul, bruh, <laughs> y'all know how we get. Hey, Tim, dog. <laughs> bruh, this ain't me. David is with there. He said, this is all good and your equipment is pretty, but I've never proved that. I've, I've, I've never gone to war with this. It's not comfortable. It's sagging. It's on the right side. I'm a lefty. This ain't gonna work, dog. Look at somebody and say, use your stuff. I'm always looking. I think it's uh, Coach John Wooden said, when people are looking for advice, they're really looking for accomplices. I'm always careful. When I'm dealing with myself, I might call Pop. I might call Chi-Town. Hey, bro, you got a minute? But my circle is real deep because I want to get your perspective but I don't want you to tell me how I should do it. Is there, is there a difference in that, Elder Williams? Because I don't, I don't want to be mean or nothing like that. I, I want to hear your perspective, but I don't want to hear you said do this, that, and the other. Because God may not be dealing with me that way. And I believe it's great to get counsel. I believe it's great to get understanding, but I got to use my own stuff. I cannot go to battle using someone else's stuff. Amen? Amen? And I love how it says, it says, and in the end, it says, David just took it off. He just chucked it. Wasn't comfortable with it. And sometimes, saints, we got to throw some of that stuff away that we've been taking on from other people. We got to learn how to just chuck it and say, I appreciate it, but this is, this is not, this, this don't go well with me. We got, we got wars and we got battles to fight. And God didn't have us to go through all the prep work. I mean, think about this. David went through all that prep work. He slew bears and lions. He did that without Saul's equipment. God has brought you a mighty way. You've done so well. Why would you use someone else's stuff right now? We're uniquely designed. God has, every, God has everything designed for us. Nobody can be Brother Jeff but Brother Jeff. I'm not sure if it's good or bad. But when it comes to being Brother Jeff, I'm the king. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. All my mistakes, all the things I've done wrong, my hard-headed, but at the end of the day, Brother Jeff is Brother Jeff. 
And I'm, my goal is to just use whatever tools that God has given me. And that's what I'm going to battle with. I'm, I'm putting some stuff off, amen? Verse 40. We're wrapping up too. Here's what David did. He took his staff and he chose five smooth stones. So now David is getting something that he's comfortable with. He's making sure that he's familiar in what he's going to do. And I, and I noticed throughout this whole prep work, David was really never really concerned with Goliath. You know, I'm reading this whole thing, and I would have been like going out the tent, looking at Goliath like, oh, man. This is a big boy. If you, if you read, and just a side note, and I didn't want to go too deep into this, but read the sides of Goliath. I believe it's the same chapter 17, verses 7 and 8. I mean, they said his sword was like a telephone pole. Like his helmet weighed something like, like 125 pounds, everything that he had. Goliath was a war machine. And they were stuck in the valley in the chariots. They said it was hard to operate. That's what caused the delay that the Philistines couldn't attack the people of Israel. So it was in that valley area. And I think I would have been looking at that tent like, Lord, you sure you want me? <laughs> David never really concerned himself with that, with Goliath. He never got sidetracked, sidetracked with Goliath. That's a lesson in and of itself. When we're dealing with where God is moving us, don't get scared by Goliath. Goliath is just part of the process to get us to where God is taking us. He's not the end story. Your enemy is not the end. It's just another stepping stone that God has for you. David never preoccupied himself. And I thought about that and I said, wow, Lord, I, I, that, I want to be able to look beyond Goliath. That's a message in itself. Learning how to look beyond Goliath. Because right now he's still a shepherd boy. And his destiny is a king. His destiny is not to fight Goliath. But it's part of the process. Amen. Anybody getting anything out of this? And I noticed that he grabbed five smooth stones. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, just that street, I'm like, I'm like breaking the bottle. <laughs> you know, I want to grab something so that, you know, when I, when I throw it or sling it, Reverend, Reverend Scales, that I'm, I'm cutting. I'm, I'm trying to do damage. I'm like breaking that bottle. I got, I got those rocks that you can skip. Y'all remember those rocks when you used to have those rocks sharp at the end? David specifically got smooth rocks. Something that he could handle. Something that was comfortable for him. How often do we ensure that what we're dealing with, we can handle? And more importantly, I thought about, I said, if the rocks would have been that sharp, then maybe people would have just thought that David's aim was just that good. 
God wanted to show his might his power so don't grab something sharp that on the natural might make sense grab something smooth I even said Lord even in battle you're just a smooth God <laughs> you're just a smooth God everything you do it just flows it, it just rolls that way nothing too difficult you give us everything that we can handle even down to the five smooth stones I wouldn't think that smooth stones could penetrate skin I wouldn't think that it would pierce that I wouldn't think that smooth stones wouldn't do anything you can turn your back and take a couple of those but in God's hand all the things that we can do if we just allow God to work it for us Amen. now we get to the operative scripture verse 48 and it says and it came to pass you see how that whole passage of scripture just flow now we can really get a good perspective of David was he was preparing for Goliath when he was cleaning those sheep when he was tending to the sheep when he was protecting that flock he just didn't show up to the fight we used to look at the boxers and and you don't show up to the ring you're already sweating when you get to the ring I remember Mike Tyson used to come he used to rip the towel no robe but he already worked up a sweat God wants us to already have our spiritual sweat worked up when we're going before the enemy. He wants you to be so prepared. All the things that, 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 that led up to the fight itself, you can't get to the fight and then want to do push-ups. You can't get to the fight and then you want to study. You got to have some word up in you so when you're dealing with your challenges, you can quote the scripture the Lord is my strength you can quote something that said there's no weapon that was formed against me shall prosper you got something in your belly to say that I am more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus amen amen if you get anything out of this and it came to pass and here's, the, and here's the last note. I think that's one, two. This is the fifth lesson. You got to show up. Training to be the king and then you never take your throne make, is a waste of time. You have to be ready to show up. God is going to predestine that everything that he brought you through and I know you don't want to go see the doctor I, don't know, I know you don't want to see those results but at the end of the day God is in control but saints he need us to show up because if we show up he's gonna show I said if we show up he's gonna he's gonna show out that's the God that we serve. He don't want us to be timid. He don't want us to be afraid. 
He don't want us to be concerned. So David, it says, and it came to pass that David reached in his bag. He reached in his bag all, all of his skills. I can imagine if David would have tried to reach for something that Saul gave him. The Bible says he reached in his bag and he grabbed that stone. And they said that the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And look at what David did. The Bible says David hasted toward them. You know God can put some Holy Ghost boldness in us to the point that we, where folks are afraid of something, you go running right to that situation. You know that God is your shield and your buckler. You know that even his very name is a strong tower. When it's time to deal with this battle, you get a little holy boldness to you. You ain't trying to make trouble, but you okay if trouble go down because we got the way making God. Amen? We got a God, and, I, and, and as I share, that all of Goliath's description and his size and, 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 and many theologians and they really break down the size and, and I get all that but I believe in my, my theory God gave us perspective of the size of Goliath his weapons and how big he was to illustrate regardless how big your enemy is <laughs> I don't care how heavy his helmet is and how big his sword is, I'm bigger. I'm better. I'm stronger. I am God Almighty. And somebody wrote a song that says, I searched all over, couldn't find nobody. I looked high and low. Who's like our God, saints? Nobody greater. Nobody greater. Nobody greater than our God. I tell you, any might be tough. Things might look rough, but there's nobody greater. Nobody greater. Yeah. Than our God. He's an awesome God. He's an awesome God. He's a way-making God. And I know things might get tough in Christendom, and I know things get challenging, but there's no one greater. I don't care how big that situation may seem. I don't know. I don't care how big the challenge may be. Health, finance, family. There's nobody greater. We've searched all over couldn't find something couldn't find anyone because God is greater standing to your feet right now I searched all over couldn't find nobody I searched high and low still couldn't find nobody nobody greater Oh, come on, let us worship. Nobody greater, 
nobody greater than you. Nobody 